Well, hello. It is Friday, August 14th, eight days away from my NXT debut. Now, will it be my first and last match? I mean, that is TBD, you know? I've been working my ass off here to get in shape and kick some ass. But if I'm the shits, I just want to let you know, if I'm terrible at something, this has kind of been my entire life. If I'm bad at something, I recognize very early and I say, you know what? Not for me. Let's move elsewhere. It's been something I've done my entire life. But if I think I'm okay at something, if I think I have the chance to be good at something, I'm going to go ahead and do that song, bitch. And I'll tell you what, I've been feeling good in training. I've been feeling good in the ring. And in eight days at NXT TakeOver 30 SummerSlam weekend, Saturday, August 22nd, Adam Cole is in for the fight of his fucking life. I'm going to go ham in there. And we are currently at a war, by the way. I, I don't want to start off this Feel Good Friday telling you that we are at war, but the wrestling community hates me, okay? They fucking despise me. And I'm completely cool with it because I know that we are in this battle together. And I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. If you enjoy this show, feel free to tell a friend. If you end up hating it, just act like it never, ever happened. And if you want to get on the internet... And, you know, battle with the soldiers coming after me from the wrestling community and Adam Cole fans. I'm okay with that as well. I don't like toxicity. I don't like negativity ever. But it's been a bit of a negative ride on the internet for me with these wrestling humans. It's all right. It's all right. Eight days. That's all it is. Oh, I got some great conversations today. I think you're going to enjoy them. I hope you learn from them. I hope you say, you know what? That's a good chat because I did. And I hope you say, you know what? This show doesn't suck. All right, let's get to it. Breaking news. Breaking news. George Kittle has just signed a five-year, $75 million extension, says Ian Rappaport. George Kittle, who by all accounts became the number one tight end in football as soon as Rob Gronkowski went on to do the mask singer. George Kittle is a man who can block. He's a man who can change games. He's a man who seems to be the leader in spirit and everything in that locker room and a guy who is absolutely hysterical. Iowa guy. Everybody thought he was going to get broken off. Nobody knew how much it was going to be for. Here we are, five years, $75 million. Congratulations to George Kittle. Congratulations to the 49ers who just extended Lynch and Shanahan. Now they lock down George Kittle for the foreseeable future. There's a team with Shanahan's big-ass brain that is predicated on the run game. you got a tight end who's an extension of a left tackle if you need him. Now they can drop the schemes. He can change games for you. This is a smart move. California taxes will take about 79% of that. <laughs> but congratulations to George Kittle. Iowa guy, you got to feel good about that. Yeah, time. I do. And you, like you, I mean, you mentioned it. You can tell that he genuinely really loves football. He plays the game the right way. He's just fun to watch. I mean, no more guy is more deserving of this type of contract than Kittle. I love it. He is a guy who loves football. And when he's mic'd up, you learn a lot about people when they're mic'd up, how they are in the game, what's their mentality. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson for instance, just Mr. Un. 
Limited oh, no. on the field. Hey boys, here we go, here we go. Clear eyes, full hearts. We're gonna work on, hard. Here we go, here we go, here, here we go, are. here we go. Here we go, guys. Okay, this is fun, isn't it? Football. Fourth quarter, we gotta make a drive. Do your job, do your job. Here we go. All right, this is the play. Do your job. Okay. I've never heard anybody like Russell Wilson on a field before. Any of the sports I've ever played, I've never had a teammate like Russell Wilson when he's mic'd up. Aaron Donald, whenever he was mic'd up, because he doesn't talk much, by the way, Aaron Donald does not talk. He's going to go down as probably a top five football player in the history of the game whenever it's all said and done he's changed the position completely for whatever it is people are going to be looking for next Aaron Donalds when he was mic'd up you got a chance to hear him literally self-motivate himself right he was doing a lot of talking to himself like come on which by the way a lot of people do George Kittle when he's mic'd up showtime mm -hmm. it is showtime off the field it is showtime on the field he's hilarious he's relatable and now he is wealthy as a mother and I'm happy for him I'm very very happy for George Kittle with $75 million over the next five years. Now, granted, we're going to have to find out what the guarantees are, how this thing is structured. Nick Moraldo has more with that. Uh, $30 million guarantees. So a lot of people are saying it's a two-year deal for $30 million. Okay, so he's averaging $15 million, I guess. Is that five times? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. five Just times. Good math. Five times 15, yeah, because you you see what you do here with the math is five times 10 would be 50, oh, and then there's five left. You can go five times five, and you'd be like, oh, that's another 25. Mm -hmm. And then we got 575. Look at this big math show. Good for George Kittle getting broken off. What is that in comparison? It's the biggest in tight end history, right? Uh, it's got to be. Because Hooper just had had it right. And 40 it million, some million. Yeah, something like that. Like 13 a year, I think. Yeah, 14 some. Yeah. And now, granted, Travis Kelsey's going to be up here. In, yeah. he, Travis Kelsey is watching this one with bated breath. He's already won a Super Bowl. He's part of the most effective offense in the history of the NFL, basically. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, obviously top of the class whenever it comes to tight ends. Now, Gronk's back in the game, and Madden gives him a 95. But Kelsey's up here in like a year or two. He's looking at this like, hey, maybe we we get an extendo. Nobody knows where this Chiefs money's coming from anyways. Go ahead and just throw some at Travis Kelsey. Good for George Kittle. I'm happy for the guy. There is plenty of rumor on the internet, and I would like to let it be known that if we are wrong in crediting Ian Rappaport with the news of George Kittle's signing, uh, I guess part of my take broke that. Oh, wow. Really? I, that's what a lot of people were saying in here. Uh, by the way, part of my take, if they broke it, I would like... Uh, potentially the tweet that I watched or, or read that said that Ian Rapport broke it to get out and apologize. That's right. Uh, report. Yeah, uh, yeah. Legit. Go out and apologize. Changes. Go out and apologize. And shout out, by the way, biggest sports podcast on earth, breaking news, good friends with George Kittle. Also, makes sense because George Kittle is one of the most electrifying humans on earth. Uh, big day in the Dallas Cowboys franchise yesterday. Jerry Jones, the man who did the draft from a mega yacht and was hanging out it probably, I mean, aside from Cliff Kingsbury, the most biggest flex setup of draft night was Jerry Jones from his yacht. By the way, had a good draft. Seems oh, to be yeah. something that Jerry Jones does do on a regular basis. Is he has a good draft, brings in good talent, and then when he brings in the good talent, for whatever reason, they were never able to really get going. I mean, they're always on national TV because Jerry Jones, I do believe, this is hearsay, he is a part of the committee for the NFL that negotiates the TV rights, and the Cowboys, whether you like it or not, their fan base is massive. And Jerry Jones is an owner that people either love or hate, so that's great TV. Anytime he speaks, people are going to listen and talk about it, especially in the sports world, because they are 
the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I, along with many others, have hated that for a long time because I've been a part of teams that were obviously better than their team. Uh, I, I feel like more interesting than their team. But then you look on Sundays, primetime television, Dallas Cowboys are going to be on there because the Dallas Cowboys fan base is so big. And the reason why their fan base is so big is because their uh, owner was a marketing genius for a very long time he marketed them as america's team he went out there he, he was the first one to really start traveling the team around to build the fan base i mean jerry jones if you ever talk to him about business and listen to him talk about business it is awesome to listen to he's a very very smart guy when it came to building a brand of the dallas cowboys and that'll probably live on forever as long as the nfl even past jerry jones because jerry jones was that damn good at planting a seed of fanhood for people for the dallas cowboys now the entire drama surrounding the Dallas Cowboys the last couple of years was this. They had a guy that clapped as their head coach. Yep. Mm-hmm. A lot of smiling, a lot of clapping. Here you go, boys. Come on. Come on, guys. We suck. <laughs> Why do we suck so bad? <laughs> Good work, boys. We're probably not going to win a playoff game again. But we are up the uh, positive. <laughs> Jason Garrett, I don't know if he deserves that. I've never met him before. He is now offense coordinator for the New York Giants, so somebody had to like him. But they move him out. Mike McCarthy comes in. Here we go. Then the number two drama piece surrounding them for the last couple of years has been their quarterback, Dak Prescott, a man who was drafted late, was not expected to become their starter when Tony Romo was there. Dak Prescott literally played so well, he forced Uncle Tony Romo out the door to go into broadcasting to make, what, $70 million a year commentating games and everything like that. But Dak Prescott has been the guy for that franchise, underpaid for years and years now. And the conversation has been, hey, Jerry, you should lock in this quarterback. This is a guy that you should want being the face of your team, being your QB. And then Jerry always said, hey, I just want to win games. That's literally what he said last year. Let's win games, and then we'll talk about it. So then the conversation was, wait, is Jerry not sold on Dak Prescott? Is Jerry think that if Dak doesn't win, he's not going to pay him? Then we go into last season. Everybody's like, should extend him. He's going into his last year of his contract. He should do this. He goes, nay, not going to do that. Kellen Moore, the little small little lefty from Boise State, becomes the offensive or the quarterback coach for Dak Prescott. They they put in a lot of work going into the contract year, which everybody does. Dak has his best year. Cowboys don't win a lot, but Dak has his best year. So now the conversation is, congratulations, Jerry Jones. Instead of extending him before last season, now you're going to have to break him off. They end up paying everybody. 163 136 yep, yep. 163. 163 million dollars in guarantees and contracts all around, or not in guarantees, but in contracts all around the Cowboys. We're talking linebackers, wide receivers, offensive linemen. Now D-tackles are getting brought in. Head coaches are getting brought in. Don Terry Poe, ha-ha Clinton Dick, Alden Smith, new kicker, new backup quarterback, signed C.D. Lamb as first-round draft pick. They're paying everybody in the Dallas Cowboys organization except for the quarterback. And since it's the Dallas Cowboys, everybody was talking about, when's he going to pay? When's he going to pay? Franchise tag gets it. Oh, they're going to negotiate. They're going to negotiate. That negotiation period comes and goes. Dak Prescott now playing on a franchise tag, which is like 30-some million dollars next year. He is making a lot of money. But for whatever reason, he did not get locked down long term. 
Jerry Jones spoke about it yesterday at a press conference and said, uh, we are not at the point of time in the world, basically, where where it would be uh, right to talk about that generational wealth type deal for Dak Prescott. Now, this is the guy who just handed out a hundred and some million dollars worth of contracts, which you have to do in the NFL. You have to pay people anyways. He just did the draft from the yacht, which is awesome, uh, in the middle of a pandemic here. I think people are still locked in their houses at that point. Oh, yeah. He's he's cruising around the Caribbean while making draft picks. Uh, give me that player there. Give me Hey, skip, let's stop by Jamaica. <laughs> I would like that player as well. So, I mean, there is a lot of lack of self-awareness in that thing, but I think whenever the Chiefs got this deal done with Patrick Mahomes, everybody was very intrigued to see how they were going to be able to pay him because nobody knew what the salary cap was going to happen with there potentially being no fans in the stands, being no day-to-day ops at the stadium whenever you're selling concessions because we don't know if there's going to be anybody in there. Hell, we don't even know 100% if there's going to be able to be a full season. So whenever the Chiefs locked in that deal, everybody was like, damn, they're, they they love this guy. And for the next two years, Patrick Mahomes isn't even in the top 50 salary cap hits in the entire NFL somehow. He's still getting $500 million. So that means that last eight years of that deal, by the way, he is probably going to be Whew, number one until this Dak deal gets done but Dak then had to come out and answer and obviously just like Jalen Ramsey we saw in Hard Knocks when he was asked about his contract and he said listen I'm going to let that them figure that out I'm going to focus on my job and the, uh, and the reporter goes well is that how you really? sure. he's like shut up uh, you just shut up I answered your question Dak Prescott handled it the exact same way and that's what everybody inside a Cowboys organization has said about Dak. They said Dak handles things the right way. He's the hard-working quarterback. He's a leader. He's the one that puts together all the off-season workouts. And you don't hear that a lot, by the way. You don't hear about Dak and the Cowboys until training camp time. You don't hear about the off-season workouts. You hear about Tom putting together the groups. You hear about whenever Peyton was playing, Peyton was putting together. You hear about all the, the OG quarterbacks. You're like, oh, they're throwing, they're throwing, they're throwing. I guess Dak was a guy that was putting together the entire team there, even as a rookie and move moving forward so everybody's confused on why they won't pay him i'll tell you why jerry jones just wants to win some games and that jerry won't say it jerry says i love dak prescott he's a quarterback of our future he's this he's that he's that but when you're talking a 200 300 million dollar deal and even though jerry jones said my hands don't get cramps writing checks i think his brain got a little bit of a cramp and said wait we have not even really done anything another team in our division has won the super bowl since we have had this guy i'm supposed to pay him 400 500 million dollars right i ain't gonna do that but how do I handle it? We love him. We we just can't pay him right now. <laughs> we love him, but we just can't pay him. That's going to be something that's talked about until a deal gets done or until somebody else comes in and potentially plucks Dak Prescott because he is damn good. And we'll find out. Is it just the quarterback on why they weren't winning or was it potentially the entire culture that was down in Dallas? The same culture that has a practice field that has an entire business building around it with windows to the practice field, which I assume Mike McCarthy has come in and blasted all of them out and shattered them so you couldn't see anything. Is that the reason why or is that the reason why? And I think we all sit on the edge of our seat wondering why the hell they didn't pay him and get this deal done because by the way these deals are only going to get more and more and more Mm -hmm. expensive as you wait and i assume jerry has already thought of that but they need to figure it out given everything that's happened and like jerry just basically doing all this lip service and then dak saying he still wants to be uh, the cowboys quarterback for the rest of his career do you think this has strained like the relationship between them quite a bit or not really i think dak is so now I would assume in Dak's back of his mind, he's like, hey, what the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. 
And everybody talks about how, oh, business is business. And when you go into negotiations, uh, business is business. And the only negotiations you ever hear about, by the way, are the ones with big numbers in it. And I would assume the players in those negotiations are excited how the negotiations went. You don't hear about all the other negotiations that happened for the people, I don't want to say like me, but yeah, like me and other people in the middle who are making like a 1.5 million as opposed to the league men at 800 grand, the people that are making 2.1 million that you don't really hear about that are maybe like a, 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 a fourth linebacker, a fifth linebacker that's playing special teams. Those negotiations are terrible. I, I mean, and I, I, don't, I, I think people understand that I'm a pretty big chip on the shoulder guy. You say something about me, I hate you forever. Those negotiations were something that were very, very, very tough for a person like me to be a part of. Well, you blah, 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 you blah, blah, blah. You also, it was Pawn Stars, and I was the the gun that was sitting on the counter, mm-hmm. and, and Rick didn't bring in the expert. It was just Rick talking the entire time, <laughs> and that was what I felt like, and they were just bashing me. I'm like, yo, what what is wrong with these people? And then as soon as the deal's done, and I got franchise tag. As soon as the franchise tag's done, I'm supposed to walk back in that building and be like, oh, you're awesome. Thanks for Hey, thanks for everything you just said about how terrible I am, even though everything that I've done proves the exact opposite of that. But hey, happy to be here, excited to be here. There has to be a little bit of that. But if you think about Dak Prescott, he just saw somebody get $500 million. So what is Dak Prescott going to do? Dak is going to try to put everything aside and just worry about balling out this year. And he knows he's with a guy who has had very, very big success with quarterbacks. I think all Dak is worried about, not with Jerry. His agent and Jerry will figure that out whenever the time comes after the season. I think he's worried about getting on the same page with Mike McCarthy, getting his offense rolling, because he knows if he wins and they do well, guess what? He gets paid. 18 minutes after the hour, got to get to a break. Shout out to the Cowboys giving us something to talk about that seems to be a little bit different than the college football drama that's going on. We will come back with that. Dabo Sweeney just took a swing at uh, the Big Ten and Pac-12. If they listen... Let's, can we be real up here? I've been doing that a lot lately. Can, <laughs> can we be real up here? Can I, can I speak my mind up here? Am I allowed to just say whatever I want? Dabo, please, please say what you want. It does not matter if the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are in this or not. That does not put any asterisks next to the champ. You've seen it. You Who, who was it last year? LSU Clemson. Who was it before that? SEC, AC. Who was it before? SEC, AC. Yeah, now, granted, Ohio State, it sucks for them, and they're going to have to figure that out. But Pac-12 hasn't been relevant since the Bush push. <laughs> and That's what Dabo basically said. Yep. And, by the way, everybody in the SEC feels the exact same way. Every fan of the SEC feels the exact same way. I would assume everybody in Clemson feels the exact same way because talking about, geez, and Georgia Tech, by the way, they're going to be good, but that Collins guy can recruit. They are oh, going to yeah. have mm-hmm. some studs down there. They And that name image likeness thing in Atlanta. And this is a prediction I hope we kind of put into a spot. Three years from now, I think Georgia Tech, we're talking about being like a powerhouse. Strictly because the name image likeness thing with Waffle House, Coca-Cola, Turner, uh, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, they're all in Atlanta and want Georgia Tech to be good because Georgia Tech is Atlanta's school. And Jeff Collins is a recruiting guy. So there's going to be, I think, some sign. I, I think he's going to get some recruits that people are going to be like, damn. But right now, the ACC is obviously Clemson's. And the SEC is obviously doing what the SEC does. And Dabo is probably just complimenting the Big 12. But the Big 12 hasn't really been relevant either. Oklahoma will get in there and just gets boat race. And no offense to the Big 12. West Virginia's in the Big 12. But 
it has been a very much two-horse race here for the recent history. Now, Ohio State is getting screwed here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you talk grand screen, grand scheme. Now, granted, they are being safe. I hated the people that came after me yesterday for saying the state of America's sports fans, mental health, college, or the NFL. We're trying to have a conversation about what if it was gone, which will be misborn. I got a bunch of people, oh, you can talk about mental health when it comes to sports. You what if they die? I'm like, all right, obviously death is much more serious and all that stuff. We don't live in that world, pal. This is a sports talk show. But the thought of the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 going on with the season in the Big Ten just kind of watching along, that is going to hurt Ohio State, I think, in recruiting very, very oh, much yeah. so. They all, what's Nick Saban going to say? Well, where else are you going to go? You can go up there to Ohio State. You know, the Big Ten, they don't even like football. You, you remember? Play, you want to play in the spring? You remember? Oh, you're going to play spring ball? We play spring ball, too. You know what? It, it's not real. You know when the draft is? That's in Ohio State, by the way, fans know that. Mm-hmm. And they were unloading on that commissioner yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's going to change a damn thing. But if Ohio State was to say, peace, we're leaving, oh. the Kevin Warren commissioner was like, well, then what's some good riddance? Don't ever come back. So you're telling me if Ohio State goes down to the SEC or the ACC and does this whole thing and plays this ball, and they say, all right, we want to come back to the Big Ten. That commissioner goes, nope, Big T- Ohio State, get the hell out. Well, then Big Ten's good as dead anyway. So yeah. it's like, what are you? Now, granted, obviously, Wisconsin and Penn Michigan. State. I get it. In Michigan. Minnesota. And we're talking strictly football here, not everything else. But it, So you're telling me, Kevin Warren, that if Ohio State says, all right, we're going to go down and do this thing here, we're going to kind of make like a Notre Dame-like schedule here, and we're going to get involved in this because uh, we have a potential Heisman candidate and potential number two overall pick for sure as quarterback. And 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 then it ends, and then they want to come back for spring ball with the Big Ten next year, and the Big Ten's going to say no? I just don't think that's accurate. And I would be very interested to see the cash that would be offered yeah. to this super conference if Ohio State was to go down there. That would probably, and this is no offense to the Big Ten Network because I watch the Big Ten Network because it's here in Indiana and I, I respect I assume that the money that would come from ESPN, Fox, NBC, CBS, if they knew they were getting a super conference package, I assume that money would literally take its baby maker out and piss on the Big Ten Network's money that is $52 million. I would assume that because networks are looking for live sports right now, and if they were to be able to get this power college conference, I think there is still some things that are potentially going to happen here in the next uh, next couple weeks here, and I don't know if the SEC is going to end up stopping. Greg Sankey came out and said he wants to talk to the Big Ten and Pac-12 people and see why they opted out, but we feel very confident, he said. I think that's going to happen. It's going to go on. People are going to hate it because they're going to say it's not safe. Ohio State fans are going to hate it because they're going to lose in recruiting to these people. I mean, it's going to be a very wild time here, and it feels like on the, the losing end of the stick here, uh, tie is Iowa and Big Ten oh. as a whole. Well, you mentioned it too. I mean, it's pretty easy to take pot shots at Nebraska for wanting to leave, but I think he probably would have changed his tune a little bit if Ohio State would have yeah. been like, eh, actually, I think we're going to head out. Also, not not safe, but uh, playing like 19 football games in a calendar year, that's not really safe either. So, no. You know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Summer is in full swing, and we are thankful for our sponsor today, Manscaped, for keeping us fresh. Sun's out, bum's out, and hopefully your pubes are not out. Manscaped offers all the right tools to keep your hair groomed above and below the belt. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0, the best 
groomer in the history of grooming hair or their perfect package this year's 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and it includes slash tip tweezers rounded point scissors fingernail clippers and a medium grit nail file for a limited time subscribers for the perfect package get two free gifts in the perfect package 3.0 kit it'll come with the essential lawnmower 3.0 it'll also come with other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PATM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping, PATM at manscaped.com. Speaking of electrifying humans, this guy has been there, done that with everything. Cast member of Real World Chicago. 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 And that was back when that was back when Real World was like great. Hey oh, yeah. It was great back Prime. then. He was also in Days of Our Lives. Mm-hmm. He was a producer for Jim Rome. Now you can see him on Good Morning Football every morning on NFL Network. Great show. Great cast. Great energy. Now he has a podcast that is out called Ten Questions with Kyle Brandt. It dropped yesterday. First guest was our guy, Aaron Rodgers. Ladies and gentlemen. Kyle Brandt. I'm so excited to be on. I know I'm in the right place because it's not often you hear ad reads leading into a segment that have the word pubes in them. Yeah. But I, I feel right at home. Yeah, we are. Well, by the way, I told you yesterday that I hated the way the entire thing was set up and you said we were going to make this happen. So I appreciate you because obviously we're all big fans of yours. And I don't, I don't want to, hey. I don't want to put handcuffs on our conversation. We can only talk for 12 minutes, Kyle, because I like your brain. And if we get going, we get going. Hell yeah. Kyle. Let's lock and roll. Right. Let's go. <laughs> hey, let's talk. <laughs> Come on, baby. Let's go, Pat. How'd you do the 10 questions with Kyle Brandt? What's this all about? How'd this get started? You were just like, hey, you know what's a cool segment? 10 questions with people. I'm a good interviewer. Let's get some good guests and launch this thing. Was this by yourself or is this with a company? Is the NFL launching this or what is it? No, it's got nothing to do with the NFL. I, I just, Pat, I couldn't yeah. be the guy no. who just comes out and says, hey, I have a new podcast. Everybody check it out. Like, there's too many damn podcasts. A lot of there's them. too many. So I don't have either the platform or probably the talent to just be, here's my podcast, and I talk, and I have a friend come on, and we just shoot the crap, and that's it. Hit subscribe. So I made up a game. It's like a game where it's a trivia show, and I asked each guest like 10 questions, and then they get a point or they don't, and at the end they get a score. Oh. So like you leave with a 2 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10, and people are super, super competitive. Uh, like we had Rodgers, and we had Paul Rudd, Ant-Man, and like Rudd wanted to beat Rodgers. Like I'm not leaving unless I beat Rodgers' score. It's fun, dude. And I don't want to give it away, but I assume Aaron won. You might assume wrong. Whoa! Yeah, man. Pat, I got to tell you, before I get out of here, I came up with a couple of questions for you that I would like to ask. I'd like to put you in the hot seat. Oh, so we can I, sample. I thought about it, just a couple. Okay, let's do it. I'm, you I'm you want to do it? Yeah, I don't do All well right, on Pat these. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I got two questions for you. Let's see how you do, and then I'll reveal how they're somehow attached to your life. They're not just random. Your first category oh, is professional wrestling. Let's go. Ooh. Pat McAfee, what legendary... WWF era wrestler bragged about being the perfect athlete. Oh, it's Kurt Henning. Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning, is that your answer? Yeah. You're right, Mac. Way up, way up. Now, this is important though. In the in the aftermath, we're like, why am I asking you about that? Not only just wrestling. He says he's the perfect athlete. Pat, 
You've been around some ridiculous athletes. Who yeah. is the greatest athlete you've ever been around? I'm going to say this, not just because he was on the show the last two days. Darius Butler is the smoothest athlete I've ever seen in my entire life. He was a corner for uh, – he was drafted by the Patriots. He yeah. played corner for us, then he moved to safety. He could do anything. The guy could do absolutely anything. I think, honestly, and this is not just because he's my friend. I've just seen him play basketball against other guys that are good at basketball. I think he could have went to the NBA if he really wanted to. I think Darius Butler, potentially best athlete I've ever seen. But then, on the flip side, while I was giving that answer, I thought about Shane Leckler telling me to punt the ball into the stands because Tyreek Hill would catch it and run right past me before I even got my head up. So I, there's a lot out there, but there I like D-Butt a lot. That's a great. I see. I figured you'd just say a uh, Reggie Wayne or somebody like that. You've been around, but Butler is an awesome answer. Who yeah. knew? Well, you got to know, like corners are normally right by all accounts. Everybody knows like the corners are the best athletes on the field because they have to mirror the best athletes on the field. Now, Julio Jones, there's specimens that play wide receiver, and there's obviously Reggie Wayne, incredibly intelligent and great athlete. If you're in the NFL, you're a great athlete, but corners are normally the people that are, I don't want to say talked about as the best athletes, but it's kind of like understood, like, oh, that guy right there. That's why if any of them have a strain or anything, it's a yeah. big deal because it's like, oh, they're going to get exposed out there because you're on an island. D-Butt would be the guy I'd say, but then I saw Tyreek Hill 4-1 uh, or something like that almost right past my face. So, I mean, there's a lot out there, Kyle, but I'm one for one right now, huh? You are one for one. Now, the show is 10 questions, but I just have two for you, Pat. So, this is you're going to take this thing home. All right. Yeah. Now, the pro wrestling category was wheelhouse. I took it easy on you. Your next category, maybe not so much. This category for question two is board games. Nah, screwed. I am screwed. In the classic board game clue, Duh. each character is assigned a color that matches their name. Which character is assigned purple? Oh, it's that uh, the stupid lady. Uh, John, John uh, Lee, Charlotte, Charlotte, Scarlet, Scarlet. Scarlet. It's obviously Scarlet, and that is a game that my whole family played nightly. Every we were night. big into the clue thing, so that is something I understand why you would ask me that question because that ties into my life. I go Scarlet, Kyle Brand. Is that accurate? He says Miss Scarlet, and Pat, that is not correct. Uh, Miss Scarlet assigned red. Professor Plum assigned purple. Is Professor Plum? You guys stink! Hey, don't, don't come in here! Don't come in here afterwards, Ty, with your Professor Plum. I, I don't need to hear that. You stink! You stink! No. You stink! No. I, everybody I, stinks! Everybody so stinks! So, Pat, the connective tissue there is you went to Plum High School. Oh, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. so I like your show. This is a good show, on, dude. It's it's a little different. So, I read the story, and you've probably told it, but I haven't. Indulge me. You ran up a bunch of money from gambling and entered like a kicker competition, and that's how West Virginia found you? That yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a movie. I'm from Pittsburgh, right? So it's a lot of Italians. A lot of yeah. Italians. Too many Italians, some would say. I, some would say too many Italians, I'd but say. there's a great culture, good food, and there's also some other things that come with a lot of Italians being around. And that was back when the World Series of Poker was huge, Kyle. Okay, That was back when Chris Moneymaker, the slob from Missouri, just won $7 million, and everybody that was in like my type of neighborhood across the country was like, oh, that could be us. So we had games all over the town, Okay, all over Plum. Kids had them in garages. They would have have them in their living rooms like there was a lot of poker games and i was incredibly lucky as people have watched my life i am a very very lucky human being so the cards would come like i i, I didn't read texas dolly's uh poker book like i i, I yeah. watched some guys but it was just like i always had to believe it's coming like if i was to write a poker book it was it's coming which is whatever card you need it is coming and people hated playing with me obviously but i was good and it did come on a regular basis and i heard about this game basement of an italian restaurant 
I needed about 1500 bucks to fly myself down to this kicking camp about a month before signing day. Uh, my dad didn't want to obviously pay for that. I come from a working class family. I was going to go to Kent State to be the kicker there. Would have been Julian Edelman's teammate, I think, at the end. And uh, Josh Cribbs as well, I believe he was there. So there, was, I would have had good friends there. Uh, but I go to the thing. I win like seventeen or $1,800 in the first couple hands. Okay, I have a full house. Jack's full of nines. And then I just had to hold on for like the next four hours. I end up leaving 1400 bucks. I get home as my dad's leaving for work. Tell him I need 100 bucks or whatever. Fly, we fly down there. I win a kicking contest. Hit a 65-yard field goal. Miss a 70-yard field goal wide right. Hop on a plane next. Next morning, West Virginia's in my cafeteria offering me a scholarship. How's it going? With the trophy that I won, by the way, because I left because <laughs> I left before the trophy happened. So, yeah, I, I have the dumbest life in history, Kyle. And if that was one of the quizzes, if there was a poker quiz, instead of stupid Dr. Plummer, whatever his name is, <laughs> I would have been two for two, batting a thousand. Kyle, let's talk about your life a little bit here. You were, Zito said, you were potentially, are you the all-time leading rusher at Princeton? No, 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 high school, high school. No, 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 not even close. Keith Elias is the all-time leading rusher at Princeton. He's a total legend, legend. But in high school, I was. Yeah, I, I was the, the letter jacket tough guy in high school listening to Pearl Jam and driving a Jeep. So, like, that, that was me there. I had a Jeep as well, Jeep Lightning. That thing couldn't go to speed limit in a lot of places, but it looked cool. Uh, when you played at Princeton, did you play at yeah. Princeton? Did you? Oh, yeah, I played kick return. I played running back. I did all that stuff. That's how I have my job now. That was my jacks full of nines athlete good memory there too that's one point for that whole thing um did you know the ivy league was going to be the first uh conference to probably cancel their things with your knowledge of that whole thing or did that not surprise you at because for us when the ivy league said they came out and canceled it was like yeah okay like could have canceled it two years ago we wouldn't even know but i feel like they were kind of I don't want to say set the tone, but whenever all the smart people make a decision, everybody else is kind of like, oh, if that's what the brainiacs are doing, that's probably what we should do. Do you think the Ivy League had a little bit of a say in what's going on in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 right now and potentially all of college football? Definitely, because it's not the first time. There was a few years ago, Pat, that they were ahead of the curve, too. I think it was Dartmouth was the first school that started trotting out these mechanized blocking pads and tackling dummies. I don't know if you've seen these things, but they were worried about the head collisions and everything, so they would have these robot pad things that they were lighting up in practice and tackling oh. and there's a whole i don't know it was east 60 special or something on it but they were ahead of the curve and it's like the football doesn't really move the needle at all but i think if you look at the universities and the programs they're like listen if the dude from yale isn't going to be playing football then maybe the dude from texas tech shouldn't be either you know like that you gotta these people are going to be president in the future let's listen to them what happened to you? Why didn't you get in the president run? Instead, you did real world, you did Rome, you now you're doing good morning football. Why didn't you just go ahead and do the president thing? No, I was the president of uh, my fraternity, and then MTV wow. came to campus and changed my whole life. Uh, what was your major at Princeton? My major was English. They haven't changed their majors in about 200 years, so there's no communications, no TV, none of that stuff. I'm reading the Canterbury Tales and just pulling papers out of my ass pad. It was a rough curriculum. What did uh, Yeah, but you, whatever it did, uh, watching you on TV is electric, and especially, uh, I didn't really know much about you. Ty, massive uh, clone, right? Mm -hmm. Ty's oh, yeah. massive clone. Oh, yeah. yeah, so he knew about you, and whenever I saw you on Good Morning Football and I watched you on TV, I'm like, this guy right here just seems like he doesn't stop. Like, it seems like his brain doesn't start, and there's always these creative ideas, and I became a massive fan of yours. I started learning about you a little bit more. I assume... Now, they, the NFL Network tried to launch a, 
a show with you. It is like five o'clock on a Friday or something. That had no chance. That had no chance at all. I assume it would have done well. But this 10 questions with Kyle Brandt, if you got Paul Rudd and Aaron Rodgers on the first episode, who else do we have in the the chamber here? Do you know? We've done four already. Uh, The Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, and Kirk Cousins came on. And every one of them leaves and like they're like, oh, you're a three, you're an eight, you're a nine. And they get so pissed, Pat. Because if you come on and you're like, you're the idiot, you got the three out of ten, and then that gets put on Twitter, like, you look terrible. And they come on, they compete like hell. You, I mean, you haven't lived until you've heard Kirk Cousins tell a story about how he actually tried to pay Creed to play a, a private birthday party for him at his house. And he goes into how much it cost and why it didn't come down. Like, he really, he's that into Scott Staff that he tried to get him to play his 30th birthday. With Kirk Cousins being a diehard Creed fan, I don't think I would have uh, not guessed that. <laughs> but I, I like that this, some things came out of the Aaron Rodgers uh, conversation. I saw a couple headlines. I have not gotten to listen to it. I will listen to it, though, because sure, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers guy. But there was a couple of headlines, a lot of traveling yesterday. I got a whole physical to wrestle next week. I'm wrestling yeah. next week. I got an EKG, by the way. The heart's fine. Thanks for asking. Was it part of your quiz? The heart is fine. <laughs> Aaron, There were some things that Aaron Rodgers said in the conversation that were making some headlines right now. Uh, did it feel when you were talking to him? It's like, this is almost like a new Aaron Rodgers. These last couple months, it feels like he's almost like a brand new guy. Yeah, well, I know, Pat, I know you've talked to him, and I know that you know him, and he's a big fan of yours. We talked about you a little bit on the podcast, actually. Um, But I knew we were ready to roll because it was Friday night. It was late. It was like 8 or 9 o'clock, and that's just when he could do it. So I'm like, sure, let's do it. He sits down. The second, you know, the the connective video audio and the, the face just pops up. And he's sitting there with, like, the, a bucket of scotch. And I'm like, this is going to be great. And he just hit it and hit it and hit it. And we talked for almost two hours, and he never stopped drinking the whole time. And what was most impressive, Paz, not that he could just drink like that, is that at the end of the conversation, we're like the 90 minute, 90% mark, we're talking about social injustice and national anthem and all. We got into all that stuff. Now, he's been drinking for two hours, and a lot of people, that would be dangerous territory – but he stands up like a, an elected official and just starts delivering just pearls. And it was just, it was one of those times you got a, a whale on the line, man, when you get a great interview with a great guy and you're like, let's just keep riding. And he just kept drinking. It couldn't have been cooler. I like the fact that Aaron has, he. I think he's become an NFLPA rep as well now. So he's like, I feel like he's starting to recognize that, hey, I am one of the guys that this league is going to be remembered for. Like, go, d- down 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, Aaron Rodgers will be remembered with the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers has always been kind of protected he, he, because I think he got screwed in the past by media people kind of screwing him over. Then the narrative was always painted like, oh, he's standoffish, he's this, he's that. He's like, well, maybe he's just a little guarded because people have screwed him over in the past. I like that we're getting a chance to learn about one of the greatest of all time, why he's great, how he's great, and how his brain operates. So I can't wait to listen, especially if he's got a bunch of scotchy scotch down there inside of him. Oh, tons of it. I, I look at it this way, Pat. There's the 32 starting quarterbacks in the league. I think about 24 of them are posers. Like, they just want to be looked at a certain way. They want to give off a certain image. I think eight of them are genuinely authentic. Like, they're just like, this is me. I think Kirk Cousins is one of them. And I think Rodgers now is just like, I'm a made guy. I'm in season 16. I got a ton of money. I'm the greatest player ever. And he just leveled with me, man. I mean, it was unbelievably cool. And you, what you're saying about the media biting him, when he got going on – Sports TV shows and first take, he just rained hellfire on them. I mean, it was incredibly, really, really loaded language about integrity and selling out, low class. Like, 
it felt like that had been 15 years of scar tissue just purged. It was amazing. We had a little bit of that. I can't wait to hear him dive into that a little bit deeper. You're, though, in that media world, like NFL Network. I mean, that is... I, I don't know if there's rules on what you're allowed to talk about, how you're allowed to talk about, but you guys have managed to maintain a pretty positive show. How hard is it or to tell these executives at these big networks, like, hey, we can remain an upbeat show without just sawing down everybody? Because it feels like that is what sports talk is. And your show is a very positive one, uplifting one. It's a fun watch. It's a fun listen. But how hard has it been for some executives to be like, uh, we could probably get, what, another 100,000 people if we just were to saw some people down. But then it's also the NFL network, so it's like a, a fine balance. How do you guys keep it so positive over there, and are you told to? It's a great question, Pat, because if one of us, if Schrager or Burleson, whoever came out and said, you know what, I'm going to do a 90-second bullcrap takedown of Patrick Mahomes, that he's a hack and he's a fake, just because they wanted to. It would blow up. You know that. It would get huge attention. But the NFL has zero interest in that. Like, I, I'm going to quote my dad. My dad watches the show every morning, and he says, look, you get up in the morning at 7 o'clock a.m., and you turn on these other shows and they all don't even seem to like sports. They're just pissed off about everything. Everything. You guys are just, it, you're having fun. There's a smile on your face. It's bright. That's how you want to start your day. And I have to give this out, Pat, especially for the sake of your crew. Some of my favorite moments last fall were we are sitting there grinding through the show. We're doing this. <laughs> we're trying to think about what to say. And it's during a commercial break. And over my left shoulder, there'd be this large bellowing presence. And it was you walking on the set with your arms out being like, what's up, baby? <laughs> we loved it. You fucked in like the Kool-Aid, man. It was so fun. Well, I tried to do the Andy Reid coming in. We'll see you Wednesday, Victory <laughs> Monday. Hey, Kyle, we have to get to a break for radio. Will you stick around on YouTube here? Yeah, of course, man. All right, radio, we'll be back on the other side to finish up hour two. Kyle Brandt joins us and continues to join us at YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. You're good. Clear. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there's the we're delay. We're on delay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 we're on yeah. delay. Hey, Kyle, you don't even fucking understand what we're going through over here with our delays. <laughs> and our. Oh, Kyle, there's a 30-second delay. There's a 15-second delay. There's a 20-second delay. Our guy, Don, who's in our ear in Culver City, I yeah. think he's over there literally juggling four computers right now <laughs> trying to figure it out. I'm proud of him. Let's get back into it. What is your goal? What are you going to do? What is your goal? Well, it's funny, Pat. I remember we talked... Uh, two years ago, a year ago, and it is when I had just gotten my own show on NFL Network, and they gave it to me, and I was so excited, and I came on your show to promote it, you were so great and so encouraging, but you were straight up like, dude, this show doesn't have a shot. <laughs> like, there's no way this is going to work. Friday at 5 o'clock, you had no, no, I know. no I chance. Had take. My whole take was, look, Friday at 5 o'clock, everybody's starting to drink, it's happy hour, everyone's going to be happy, I love that, and then you're like, nah, that's a bunch of crap. This show's, this show's <laughs> and I think you were totally right, and I look back on that, and I'm like, McAfee taught me, don't convince yourself the time slot is not important, it's really important. Oh, it is, it, by the way, that's the internet, by the way, that's the, the internet is timing, right, that, yeah. that's our world, right, not so much your world, our world is timing, and Friday at 5, People are fucking figuring out what they're doing with their life. They are getting out of work. The last thing they want to do is, and now potentially there's people that go home and just kind of watch and we're in a different world now. But that five o'clock time, so I, I think they set you up for failure. But now that you're two years into this thing, multiple years into this thing, are you going to commentate games? Like what, what is ultimate goal? For, I think you would be a great commentator, by the way. I think you well, would be. too. And I know millions of people think that about you, but I, you and I have this in common, Pat, that 
we've we've done it a little. Like we haven't had have a years of experience of doing it. You've done it more than me, but I don't know how you feel about this. I've gotten to do some cool things and be in some cool spots, high profile or big crowds or whatever. I've never gotten a bigger rush than I have calling a game. Oh. Never. It's so empowering. It's so exciting. It's like you got the joystick of the Enterprise and you drive that fucker. Like it is so <laughs> incredible to do that. And you can toss to the color guy and whatnot. But like, dude, I did play by play and I got thrust into doing play by play. I had never done it in my life. And awesome. the Bears are like, hey, you want to do a preseason game? I said, shit, yeah, let's do it. It's uh, Bears, Bills, and let, let me give it a shot. Really hard but the greatest exhilaration I've had in this industry. It's it's the closest thing to feeling like I was back in the game. Uh-huh. Okay, because you're you're going through the meetings, you're watching the walk. Now, granted, I don't know if it's the preseason game, but for me, it, it, you're going through the meetings, you're in the building, you're talking to the strength coach, you're talking it felt like you and like going into the game, you feel like you're preparing for a game. And then right before kickoff, you like have that feeling where you're like, okay, here we fuck, we're about to be live here. Let's not say anything too stupid, but definitely stupid enough to be entertaining. Let's go for it. It, it felt like a, a real feel. I th- I hope you get more opportunities to do that. But honestly, I just hope you keep crushing it, man. You are fun to watch. Dude. You're you're different than everybody. You're not fucking boring and terrible. And I, I like that because you're breaking a mold for a lot of people. And I don't even think you know it. I hope I, I'm really flattered. You said that, Pat, I almost didn't get my job on good morning football. And you would relate to this just because you understand how this industry works. When their show started, it's like, all right, we have Kay. She is a female anchor. That's great. We have Nate Burles, an ex player. We have Peter Schrager, an insider. And then they're like, who is this other guy? Like, who is this maniac? He didn't play in the league. He doesn't have contacts. Like, why is he on the show? That's not how football TV shows are made. And the company that produces the show were like, we just want to try a wild card. Just give him a shot. He's a little different. He has a lot of energy. And if you hate it, then we'll get rid of it. And for the first couple of weeks, I think they hated it. <laughs> and <then> like, <laughs> thankfully, they let me stay. But, you know, you're an ex-player, certainly. But you also break the mold, too. You get it. You're not like this guy who is the all pro wide receiver and a million Super Bowl rings. You're just your energy. And it's sometimes that's what people want. Well, I love your energy. I can't wait till you want to get a question. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Jim Rome, a hey, big Jim Rome guy here. Yeah. The one of the biggest. Uh, oh, dude, I love that. So are you, have you ever called uh, a couple times, but I was still, you know, I mean, with school and everything, the timing didn't really work out, but yeah, once or twice I did, uh, but did Kyle, you get run or racked or anything. Come on. No, nah, I, I, I didn't get on. Oh, oh, you didn't get on? No, nah, I didn't get on. It's too bad. Oh, turn the phone All right, what are you going to do? Uh, loser. G- <laughs> yeah, well, I probably nice. would have brought some heat. But uh, <laughs> uh, given uh, your past and being on the real world and everything like that, I'm yeah. just curious, did they ever reach out to you to be on like uh, the real world road rules challenge? Because I feel like with like oh. your profile and your electricity, you would have been perfect for that. Oh, Someone to maybe God. try to take out CT. I'm flattered. Yeah. Um, they asked them the first few years after I did the real world. And then they stopped asking because I was sprinting away from that because I was going to be the next Matt Damon and I couldn't let that type of violate my integrity. So, uh, no, I did not. But here's the thing. Every once in a while, now I'm, I'm 41 years old now. I got two kids. And I get that middle-aged itch. Oh, like, yeah. you know what? Fuck still- it. Maybe I'll go down to Cabo and jump on some ice blocks and wrestle Johnny Bananas and maybe I'll win some money. Why not? I only live once. And here's what talks me out of it. As soon as I think I'm going to talk to my wife about doing that, all I need to see is one promo that says, this season on the challenge. And it is nothing but like HGH maniacs and bandanas sucker punching <laughs> each other and triple kisses and body shots and night cameras. And I'm like, I'm out of here. I got two kids. I'm done. Kyle, I'm not doing that Kyle we just got back live on radio for that last little run there. <laughs> I, I would love to hear them here. HGH maniacs and headbands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Kyle. 
There will come a time, I think, though, where you'll want to see if you can prove whether or not you can still do it. I, I mean, I just assume that happens with everybody. Uh, yeah. And I think there's other ways to do it. But boy, if somehow somebody just gives you like $100 million to do a show, it does well, and you're like 46 years old, yep. and you still got a little bit, I hope to see you back in there because I think it'd be awesome. But uh, I love you, Kyle. Ladies and gentlemen, check out 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football. Uh, from the real road, from Rome, from Days of Our Lives, and potentially at one point, the next Brad Pitt. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Brad. Yeah. 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 Love the crew. Love you all. Anytime. Cheers, man. Have a good one. I'm a big Kyle Brandt guy. Man, what a personality. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, I tell you what, I'd like to see Kyle in a professional wrestling avenue with another real-world alum. Who's that? A guy I know by the name of The Miz. Hey, Mike Mizanin, by the way. There is a guy who took something from the real world. He called himself The Miz every time he got drunk and started going crazy. (laughs) Then he was hated in WWE, right? Like the first year, everybody hated him. uh, And I think he wanted to be, right? He's uh, he's had a very, if, if you ever get a chance to talk to him, he's had a very interesting career path. Uh, he's top guy. He's one of the top yeah, guys but, right now. Like, he's literally one of the guys that went from being universally hated, but behind the scenes, obviously, to you know the the, the place that he's at right now. The guy's worked his ass off. You can't really cut him down. He's awesome. That real world road rules I was in for sure. Oh, whenever oh, I was yeah. like, growing mm-hmm. up or whatever. I appreciate Kyle Brandt. Can't wait to listen to that podcast with A Rod and also Paul Rudd. And he's got more coming. I mean, good Honey for Badger. Him. Honey Badger coming. Good for him. Can't wait to listen to that. <laughs> Here's the thing about home security companies. Most trappy with high prices, tricky contracts, and lousy customer support. So while there are a lot of options out there, there's only one no-brainer, Simply Safe. Simply Safe's got everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. It's got an arsenal of sensors and cameras to blanket every room, window and door tailored specifically for your home. Professional monitoring keeps watch day and night ready to send police, fire, or medical professionals if there's an emergency. You can set it up yourself in under an hour. Just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them. No technician required, and there's no contract, no pushy sales guys, no hidden fees, no fine print. All this starts at just 15 bucks a month. See why U.S. News and World Report named it the best overall home security of 2020. Try it today at simplysafe.com slash pat. You get free shipping and a 60-day risk free trial that's simplysafe.com slash pat you want to talk about keeping people safe let's talk about a guy who's entering his 10th nfl season an absolute monster coming back after next surgery this season center for the los angeles chargers ladies and gentlemen mike ponzi Hey, Mike. Everything's going well. Hey, you too, man. Welcome back. Neck surgery had to be like a little bit of a scare. Yeah, was it? Yeah, it was was really scary. You know, I had to get a fusion on my C4, C5, and, uh, you know, everything went well. I went through uh, Dr. Miel in Pittsburgh. He handled my surgery up there, and those guys did a great job. And uh, honestly, the other reason I'm coming back this year to play. Hey, fusion, is that what Peyton got? The fusion? I don't know how. Yeah, same same kind of thing. I don't know if his was in the same area, but uh, same process, I guess. What was, was there moments where he couldn't feel, because Peyton's big thing after he got his, uh, the fusion, 
I guess he couldn't, the rumor, now he obviously didn't tell me this. It's not like he's going out saying this, but the rumor was he couldn't feel his fingertips for a while and he didn't know if he was going to be able to grip a football. And he had like a $30 million bonus coming, a roster bonus coming on, and Andrew Luck was sitting there. So Ursi was like, well, this guy can't even feel his fingertips. We're going to get the hell rid of him. He goes on to break every NFL record like next season when a Super Bowl with the Broncos, we end up with Luck. But was there anything like that with the neck surgery or was the rehab kind of like normal? So for me, I was having the symptoms before the surgery and after the surgery, all the symptoms kind of cleared up and uh gave me a peace of mind of it you know i was having the numbing and tingling in my finger and uh after i got the surgery and they they got the spinal cord fluid to start flowing back through all my symptoms went away so that's what made me feel comfortable about going back out there this year and be able to play uh so now you're going back in in one of the weirdest times in history i mean this is absolutely not only you got hard knocks Okay. Not only is there cameras around, how is that? Is because there's some players we've all seen it that hate it and come out and said that they hate it, and then there's some players that say it isn't that bad. Is it a very intrusive operation in your eyes? Honestly, this is my second time being on it, and this experience has been way different than the first time. Uh, honestly, you don't even notice them now. They've they've kind of distanced themselves from us. There's cameras set up everywhere, but the you know the one on one contact that we that I'm used to being on hard knocks with is uh, kind of gone away. Okay, and then let's talk about the COVID nineteen. We got we all kind of got a chance to see, and I thought that the COVID test was they would take a nunchuck and then shove it down your nose. <laughs> You're like you guys are getting that nasal swab. Is that every day, or is that just whenever you guys got in there, or every other day? Right now, we can't even enter the facility without taking the test. So it's been an everyday process, and uh. They haven't done the one where you stick it all the way up. It's just kind of just circling through the nose. So hey, we, we've had no tests so far, no positive tests. So hey, yeah. 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 So it's our <laughs> hey, has there been conversation amongst the players? Because we saw in Hard Knocks the Spanos family there was talking to Chris Harrison. And they're like, hey, you guys are going to have to police yourselves pretty heavily here, mostly because uh, this is our business. And if this thing fails, we lose out on billions and billions of dollars. But also because the NFL season for this thing to go off. Players are going to have to regulate this. Like, players are really going to have to be a part of this. Has this been something as a leader in a locker room that they've tasked you or asked you to talk about, or is it something you feel obligated to talk about? Because it's not only the season, but it's also your safety throughout the entire well, I'm, I'm the rep for the team, so I'm obligated to talk about it. But I think a lot of the stuff is just us holding each other accountable. You know, but right now I think it's pretty easy for us to hold each other accountable because the way our training camp schedule is set up. And, you know, you, you know more just yeah. like I know. is once we get out of training camp is when – you know, you got to hold guys even more accountable because you're going to have a lot more time on your hands to go out and do stuff. You're actually going to have family flying in now because you have more time to hang out with them. So there's a lot of stuff that you got to kind of police yourself. And uh, I think our team's going to do a really good job of holding each other accountable when it comes to stuff like that. I thought about that and I thought about me as a young player in the league and I was like, I would have been one of the high risk guys, I believe. By the, <laughs> that's what I've been looking at. Like, yeah, we need to keep our eye on that son of a bitch right there. Let's lock him in a house because training camp, you're right. Very structured. Hey, you got this, you got this, you got this. Go to bed. Here we go. We're coming back. When the season starts, and we saw it in the MLB, the MLB, I think, even like tried to start out pretty good, but then it is hard to keep humans, especially guys who are active, right? If you're a professional athlete, let's assume you're a pretty active human, and then you're also young. You got a lot of I – mean, that is going to be something that is going to be very, very difficult, I think, but for the good of the league, we're going to need it. What were the conversations – you're the rep for the Chargers, 10 years in the league. The conversations with CBA are always disgusting. I mean, those things always get nasty because there's so much money on the line and so many regulations. This whole – COVID-19 return to play conversation between the NFLPA and the NFL. And you heard some players come out before, and then whenever they got in the building, they're like, thank you to the NFLPA and the NFL for all the protocols and everything. Was that a pretty easy process, or did it get pretty nasty? Like, What were those conversations like? 
I think it got pretty nasty throughout the, you know, the process just because, you know, we kind of waited until the very last minute to get a, a deal done. But outside of that, it's just, you know, I, I just feel like when, once we start traveling and, you know, everything that we have going on, guys just got to be extra, extra careful about things. And I tell guys, the conversation for me is that if you want your full salary this year, we have to make it through the NFL season. If we don't make it through the whole season, then guys, won't, the only money you're going to get is the guaranteed money you have. So I think if guys really want to get all their money for the whole season, then we got to follow these protocols. We got to be extra cautious about a lot of stuff that we do uh, just to get through this football season. Need a couple more of those chains right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> These are fake, Pat. <laughs> uh, so is this. The, uh, the, uh, the thought of uh, Tyrod Taylor being the veteran quarterback in there for Air Bear. Is there any better setup for Justin you think to succeed? I mean, watching Hard Knocks, Pep Hamilton was a guy at the Colts. I love Pep. I like the way Pep operates. I think him and Justin Herbert obviously are the future for the Chargers, I think. But Tyrod Taylor is a guy who has very much proven to be a cool veteran, a successful veteran, and a talented guy. How has that whole experience been, especially with you, the guy that has to give them the ball? He gets a, he gets a lot of respect in our locker room. Guys really like him as a football player. Um, they, they like him as a person. He's a guy that's first in the building, last out. And uh, he's just a guy that we can all depend on. I think he's he's proven in this league that he can win. And uh, we, we really believe in him. We think he's going to take us to where we want to go this year. And obviously seeing Justin out there is just, I mean, his his build is amazing. Six six, He's ripped up, uh, can throw the ball every pass. He can make every pass. And I just think his future is so bright for this organization that they, they did a really good job picking that guy. You like Tom Telesco? He's the reason I'm in the NFL. I love Tom. Tom's the reason I'm here. Me too. Hey, he's the only reason why this studio is built. He was the guy that he saw me at Meineke Car Care Bowl uh, workout. And he was like, uh, I don't know if that guy knows how to punt, but it seems like he has a strong enough leg to figure it out. Told Bill Poling the only reason why I got drafted is because Tom Telesco. And then getting a chance to kind of watch him shape this Chargers team. And obviously, Phillip Rivers is gone now. It's, it, it's an entire – is it a whole new culture in there? Is the thought that like – because it's not a rebuild, right? Because same GM, same coach, but it is new quarterback, new – how does it feel inside that locker room? Is it like, hey, we're a new team? Yeah, I mean, we feel like we're the same team. We've got a lot of the same players here. Obviously, it's a different feel not having 17 in the building, but because he was such just uh, just a great person, man, great football player. Uh, he was a kind of a player but a coach at the same time because he ran all of our offensive meetings. He was a guy that, you know, took football very, very seriously. And, uh, you know, not having him here is just, you know, it sucks. But, you know, we wish him the best. We hope he has a heck of a year out there in uh, Indiana. But uh, we're rolling with Tyrod. We think um, what he's going to do for our offense, how we can, uh, you know, extend plays and, you know, be able to use his legs and get first downs and stuff like that, I think is really going to help our football team with the team that we have. Where are you at right now? Are you in a training room? Or are you, like, in a lot? I'm sitting in, uh, in one of our eight locker rooms. You know, they got everyone oh. spread out now, so we don't even have a real weight room anymore. Our weight room's half the football field, so. How the locker rooms, how is it like vets are in one and then it's kind of like a, a tiered society? So it works off seniority. So the, the older the older player you are, the, you'll be in the main locker room. We have most of the rookies and the newer players inside of our old weight room, which we turn into like the, you know, the, the younger locker room. And then our player lounge where I'm sitting at now is just another locker room for some of our skilled players. How come Keenan Allen never gets respect from anybody? I don't, I don't understand it. The guy's a phenomenal football player, runs routes better than anybody in the, in the NFL and 
I just, I don't understand it. You know, a lot of his media media based push stuff for guys, but for Keenan, he's a guy that's done it year in and year out. And I just don't understand why he never gets the respect that he deserves. Are you guys pumped to get into a stadium where you guys are probably gonna have like uh, you know feel like you're in the NFL again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it, it is gonna be nice to play in a real NFL stadium, but uh, hopefully they're gonna allow some fans in there. Or who knows? I mean, I spent a lot of money on that stadium to not have any fans in there, so we'll see how that goes. A lot of, I think it was like, supposed to be something, and then it what got doubled, and then it got something else, seven or eight, and then it got something else. But that thing is gorgeous. What's today's Amazing. What's today's schedule? What do you guys have? Have you already had a walkthrough? Have you already had meetings? Right now, we just have our early morning workout group, which uh, we call the Breakfast Club group. We come at 6 a.m. and work out, and then we'll have meetings that start at 8 a.m., uh, walk through at 9.30, and then uh, we'll have Zoom meetings for the rest of the day. And then our schedule kind of switches tomorrow where we have our longer days. We start to get into a real training camp mode. We'll be getting done around 8.30. How much are they changing? Like, are you guys allowed to do as much? Because you guys are still doing Zoom meetings, which is insane because you guys are around each other, and then it's like, no, go away from each other. It, it, it's like... Are the days, once you guys get back into a real training camp, is it going to be similar, walk through in the morning, workout, kind of off-time practice? Is that is it going to be similar, or is the COVID thing kind of messing with all of that? The structure of the practice part is pretty much similar. It's just as far as we, we do meetings, we kind of get everyone away from each other. Hey, go to your house, go to your hotel room, or wherever you're staying for training camp, uh, and, and we have slotted times for Zoom meetings. So. Uh, I, I think it's worked efficient. Uh, we've done it the whole off season, and we've kind of learned a whole new playbook. And uh, guys got, you know, we showed up to camp, and guys knew what they were doing. So I think it worked for us. And uh, we've kind of took it from the off season, and now we're using it in training camp. And it's keeping guys away from each other, but we're still learning the place really well. You ever have uh, Anthony Lynn's ribs or wings? Ooh. No, not yet. Hey, I heard they are. He looks like he's been eating a lot of them. Oh, he's a cool dude. I I think what I think what I enjoyed most about Hard Knocks was get it. First of all, Jalen Ramsey just dissecting the media after they didn't like an answer that he gave. Oh I, my god, I loved it. I uh, kept going at him too. Oh, I was like, wow. I, he handled it the right way, though. Usually, usually he's a guy that's going to flip out, but he handled it the right way. Well, and I think that was big for him. Like, I th I think Jalen and he even said he was like, hey, I'm trying to be a veteran here. Like, I, I'm I'm trying to kind of separate from what I used to be. I'm like, you know, I'm an older guy in this league now. They'll handle it, and you guys are just like, oh, is that how you really feel? It's like, shut. That's my answer. Just if it doesn't fit your story, that's on you. So that exactly. was. <laughs> that was a big thing for me. Then getting to watch uh, McVay kind of operate because I've always seen him there. And then learning about Anthony Lynn, I think, was potentially one of my highlights of that thing. I, I really enjoy him as a human. I knew nothing about him. What is, You enjoy his coaching style? You've been around, obviously, it. a long we time. We love it. He's a guy that's played in this league. He played for a long time. He understands uh, how hard it is week in and week out to go out there and perform at a high level. And then he understands that, you know, we got to be in the building. It has to be, it has to be ran the right way. You know, he's a – I would hate to say that he's a player's coach because player's coaches let you get away with a lot, and he's more of a, you know, a disciplinary coach. You know, you're going to do the stuff the right way, and, and if you do it the right way, then you'll get his respect, and he'll treat you the way you're supposed to be treated. And so I think the way he, the way he runs this uh, organization is uh, he does it the right way. You guys going to win Super Bowl? In that hard knock segment. I thought him and that uh, tight end, that rookie tight end, were going to oh, go at it. Oh, man. Oh, hey, he got, gave him a – That got intense, didn't it? Hey, he gave him a <laughs> – 
like when he he gave him an elbow. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I liked Anthony going into uh, Telesco's office, and obviously he was wearing a for the brand shirt, which I was very thankful for. Let's put on, you know, for the brand. I respect that. that. I yeah, me too. Hey, hey, me too. I was a big fan <laughs> of that. But him and him and uh, Anthony Lynn and Tom talking about it, and they're like, love the fire of that. I love the fire you got. And then former player, you could hear the former player, and I'm going. I mean, he was thinking he was like Antonio Gates, but uh, love. <laughs> yeah, like, like, you hear like like hey, love. I mean, but uh, but I love the guy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. How is the spirit of the team? Is it all kind of like, hey, we're gonna have to get through this because training camp sucks for every. I mean, training camp sucks. It's just the way it goes. It's part of the thing. You have to do it. But for for me, much less than you guys, obviously, uh, because you have to, you know, run your faces into people and a yep. lot more stuff. But how is the spirit? You think going into this, everybody kind of understands it's just gonna be different, and we just kind of gotta do what we gotta do. Yeah, I think the spirits are real high. Guys want to play football. You know, guys don't want to miss out on a year of their career. They don't want to miss out on a year of their salary. We understand how serious that the virus is, but we feel like us being here is a lot safer than us being out in the real world. You know, we we have a lot of structure here where we're getting tested every single day. We're making sure guys are doing the right thing, where everyone's following the right protocols. And so I just feel like us being back to work is a lot safer than us being out in the real world and not having all the you know accommodations that we have being at work. We're talking to Mike Pouncey, center for the Los Angeles Chargers, coming back after neck surgery. Uh, you played football at the Florida? Yeah, University of Florida, yep. Hey, is there any, chance, is there any chance that the SEC doesn't play football this year? <laughs> Zero chance. They're playing football. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I think <laughs> Even so. if we got to yeah. schedule some games Hell against yeah. the Florida Gators, they're playing. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I honestly believe – have you been keeping up with the college football stuff? You're in the middle of training camp, so it's probably yeah. a little yeah, bit different. Yeah. Okay. That's all you can do right now is watch news. You can't do anything else. You got everything else shut down. How do you feel about it? Because you were part of the NFLPA and the NFL. who probably You probably had to learn more about the protocols and decide it was going in there. How do you feel about the entire setup of college and how it is going to happen? Because it feels like the people that don't necessarily have to love football are making the decisions, right? So it's like presidents, academia, doctors. But from the football standpoint, do you think it's possible with what you know from those meetings in the NFLPA and the NFL for the college football people to kind of make it happen? Yes. I think they have enough money to fund the testing, to uh, you know, fund everything that they need to make every guy feel safe. And uh, I think they're going to have the same kind of thing that we have. They'll have opt-out clauses for players that – you know, maybe can't go out there because they're a higher risk that'll maybe get an extra year of eligibility. However, they got to work it out. But I just feel like with all the money that college football makes, that it's a safer environment for our student athletes to be at at uh, college and, you know, doing the things they love to do than being at home. I thought, and I went back to Nick Saban's quote, and I, I'm sure you don't love Nick Saban, but I went back to his quote, I think last year, <laughs> I think last year he said, a guy got in trouble. He's like 18 years old. And they're asking Nick why he didn't kick him off the program or whatever. And Nick said, like, what do you want me to do? Like, you want me to send this guy back to his neighborhood, back to the streets where he's exactly. from? Or do you want to potentially us to try to make him a better human, which is what we're supposed to do? And yeah. Trevor Lawrence alluded to that as well. And I think that is something that these academia who are making these decisions uh, don't think about the actual humans that are playing the college football, where they come from, getting sent back, getting out of... Now, granted, not everybody will get sent back, but there's a lot of college football uh, places that will be going to schools where it's online classes so they will get sent home it feels like just like with what you said about the the chargers much safer to be there than anywhere else i just hope they get it figured out and uh i can't thank you enough for joining us mike you're the man thank you guys appreciate it man i'm glad you're doing well your show is awesome bro Hey, some days suck, but there's some good ones. We got some good ones mike we got some good ones ladies and gentlemen joining us 
with a great conversation. Hey, very knowledgeable stuff there out of you. Hey, I did not expect the COVID-19 dive. I didn't know you were the player rep, but you had to be knuckle deep in that thing for like yeah. at least a few weeks there. I appreciate yeah, we you. Want, we wanted to make sure every every player was taken care of, not just, you know, the main guy. So it was a long process that they got done and you know, oh, it all worked out, right? Hey. We're back at work. <laughs> hey, do you, do you have to go through the car wash thing? Uh, yeah, now I don't think you can. You can't even have a private car wash guy. You probably just run it through, pay a couple of dollars, and get it done. Respect. Or you stay in the car wash show, or the the human. I'm talking about the human. When you walk in, are they disinfecting uh, you? No, we didn't. That, I think that's just in Denver. We haven't got to that yet. yet. But I've seen that in Denver. Well, it was a little weird. Hopefully, you guys won't need it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ten year center for the Los Angeles Chargers and stud Mike Pouncey. Thank you, buddy. Hey, hey, have a go. All right, all right. I hope you have the greatest weekend of your life. Considering the circumstances, feel like we've been in this world, uh, wild road here for some time now. And uh, I can't thank you enough for allowing all of us to spend some time in your ear holes. Uh, I know, I very much understand that some of our shows might not be home runs. Some of them might be fantastic, but the fact that we've been in this goddamn thing together, I am forever grateful and indebted to you. Hashtag end a pod squad. We gave away 500 bucks a couple times last week to people. We can't thank you guys enough. If you want to get involved in that again, go ahead and tweet hashtag end a pod squad with a, I don't know, be creative. I'll be on the Twitter all day. Um, and I can't wait to see you. Also, this is where I'm at, Pat. Uh, montage has been put together. So if you tweeted a part of that during the beginning, what, four months of this quarantine? Can't wait for you to see that video. We are a real team here, and I'm very thankful for all of you. Uh, from all of us to all of you, cheers. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music and send these beautiful, super intelligent... Probably not, by the way. I, I would assume that... Much like me, none of us are uh, super duper high IQ people, and that's okay because you can be super smart and be great at Jeopardy, or you can learn how to dominate the world and be great at Wheel of Fortune. And that's where we are. We're Wheel of Fortune crowd. You know, us, Steve Jobs, Albert Einstein, you get it. All right, I appreciate you guys. Actually, I bet you Albert Einstein was very fucky. Yeah, he was, so he's not a part of our group. But there's a lot of us. There's a lot of us, and damn it, we're, we're really good. <laughs> all right, Ty, please play some independent music, and I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Tell your loved ones I said hello, and we will see you next Tuesday. Coming to you live from Orlando for Fight Week. <laughs> Cheers.